Good morning. Welcome to the Lord's house. Will you stand? Yes. Let's start with Psalm 95, verses 1 and 2. It says, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. We don't use the word extol very much, do we? It means to praise enthusiastically. So let's sing our praises to our King. Thank you so much, worship team, for opening us up this morning. Good morning, Kavanaugh Church family. How's everyone doing? 
Good, good. It's so good to see everybody. We lift up the name of Jesus. We are so thankful for the hope that we have in him and the salvation that he has given to us. I'm so thankful to be redeemed and to be called his own. Amen? How about you? It's good. And you know what? The Bible says that he has gone to prepare a place for us, and we know that to be heaven. And that is going to be a, an amazing day. We we're able to go and be there and to be in the presence of our, of our Heavenly Father and, and with all of our friends and family that have gone on before as well. And it's going to be a place where we can go and praise and worship and to, to, to sing his praises and to give him honor for the rest of eternity. But what I love about this place, Kavanaugh, is that we don't have to wait to get to heaven to do that. We can come and, and worship as the body of Christ here in this place. And then also, we, can get to, we get to be able to worship in spirit and truth wherever as individuals. So we have a lot to be thankful for today. We really do. And I hope that you came into his courts with thanksgiving today. And that you are prepared to continue to worship and to lift them up in praise. So thank you so much for joining us this morning here in this place. A place that we love, that we cherish, and we love you as well. We've been praying for you all week. I want to just uh, welcome a few of our guests. I've already met a few out in the lobby this morning. It's so good to have you here. Uh, for those I have not met yet, there's a little connection card in the back of the chair in front of you. If you could, fill that out and then meet me or, and a couple of other of my friends outside of these back doors. Uh, we would love to get you connected and tell you all about our church. And of course, um, many of you know about our, our Week at Kavanaugh newsletter. Um, if you're not signed up for that yet, we encourage you to do so. You can do that on these iPads out these back doors. Uh, that way, uh, it's dropped into your inbox first thing on Monday mornings, all right? But we're going to continue to praise and to worship our King this morning. So I'm going to invite you all to stand, and uh, we're going to ask for his continued anointing on our services today. Let's pray. Lord, I love you, and um, we love you. Thank, you. thank you so much for bringing us together here in this place at our church, God. Lord, I pray that you just speak to us today in a way that we weren't expecting drop into our, into our lives something new, something um, that's going to change us. Because, Lord, we're, we're coming expecting great things from you today, God, and we know that you will deliver on that. And as we continue to sing and, and to lift you up, God, um, and as we hear the instruction from your word from our pastor, uh, Lord, just prepare, prepare us, God, and, and, and enable us and, and make the changes that are needed so that we can better honor and serve you with our lives. We love you so much. Thank you for today. Thank you for our church and our church family. In your name, amen. Before we continue, greet one another around you, and we'll get right back at it.
Who do you say that I am? When I think of myself, I know exactly what you see. Every flaw, every blemish, the scars of my hurts and my mistakes, the things I've done to myself, the things that have been said and done to me, that's who I am. You see a mother, daughter, sister, an aunt. You see the scarce shadow of a woman's potential irreversibly wrapped in failure. But then I hear it. That still, small voice. Who told you that? Who told you that you are defined by your mistakes? Who told you that you are ugly and broken? Who told you that you are only measured by what you give others? Who told you that brokenness and frailty are what you carry? Haven't you heard? You are not what everyone says you are. You are who God says you are, and you are His. He says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He says you are a perfect design, made for a purpose, made for a destiny, and you are never alone. He says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He goes before you. He goes behind you. He says you are bold. He says you are brilliant. He says you are brave. He says greater is he that is in you. hand-painted by the master himself. You are who God says you are. Who am I that But he brought me in Oh, his love for me Oh, his love Wow. Well 
for this day. I thank you for the time that we can gather in your house with like believers and worship your name. Dear Lord, it's, I want to thank you for your blessings to us. Lord, we do need you in our lives every day, every hour. Lord, I pray that you'll walk with us, guide and direct our lives. Lord, as Will brings us a message today, let our hearts be open to your word. Lord, let us look to you for answers that we need in our lives. Lord, I pray that you'll bless, bless the message today that Will brings. And Lord, I pray that if there's someone here that needs to find you as their Savior today, Lord, I pray that today they will do it. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray these things. Amen. Are you thankful today? 
Amen. Give a big amen and round of applause to the Lord. Uh, I'm thankful this morning for a lot of things. Uh, one thing I'm thankful for is Brother Ron Rogers back up here singing. Wow, he did a great job this morning. I appreciate Ron and Sandy. And man, oh man, good deal. Hey, is there something, is there something in your life that just irritates the fire out of you? I mean, really, it's, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a crawl, you know, that gets up in there and just kind of, man, it just irritates, like a burr under your saddle and man, you just can't let it go. And Every time you see it or hear it, you just get more aggravated. Anybody? That's pretty bad, isn't it? Can I tell you what's worse? Is if your spouse is that way. And there's something that just irritates them because sooner or later, their irritation becomes your irritation, you know? And that's how things get changed is because they're irritated and you want to change it for them. Can I tell you about my wife? She is, she is listen, she is, she is so perfect, and even in this imperfection, we see her perfection. There is something that irritates my wife like nothing else. And can I tell you what it is? It happens this time of year. Everybody gets all hyped up for Halloween because it sells costumes and candy. And all you hear is Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. And then as soon as Halloween is over, guess what you hear? It's Christmas. Because people buy things for Christmas and it's commercialized. And where does Thanksgiving go? That right, right there is what irritates Miss Angie more than anything else. Of all the things we need to think about and be thankful for, it's Thanksgiving. Come on now. And it has, it has become this forgotten holiday. Well, this week begins, today begins the week of Thanksgiving. So here's what I want us to do. I want us to buck the trend this year. I mean, her irritations become my irritation. And, and instead of just focusing on the only two things we focus on Thursday is turkey and football. And instead of just focusing on turkey and football, let's begin today just being thankful. Let's start today with giving thanks. Let us say with our lips and our heart, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. That comes from Psalms 103, and I'm here to tell you, I love Psalm 103. It is the one chapter in the Bible in which there are no clouds of any sort. Psalms 103 is devoted exclusively to counting our blessings, to praising our Lord and Savior. And it is the one prayer in the Bible that contains nothing but pure praise to God. There are no dismal moods, there are no prayer requests, there are no petitions, there are no problems. It's just pure praise. G. Campbell Morgan, the great preacher, said that Psalms 103 was perhaps the most perfect psalm of pure praise to be found in the entire Bible. So let's get that frown off of your face this morning. And let's put a little praise in our mouth and read Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. David says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. What are they? Who forgives all of your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy, who satisfies your mouth with all good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for Psalms 103. And I pray this morning we would not only say that psalm, but we would believe it in our heart. Help us to bless the Lord with all of our soul. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first words of Psalms 103 are, bless the Lord. 
the writer is telling someone to praise God. He's telling someone to give blessings to the name of God. To whom is he speaking? Well, he's talking to himself. The next three words, bless the Lord, O my soul. The writer is giving himself a much-needed pep talk. The writer, of course, is David, king of Israel, who had learned a few things about dealing with his own dismal moods. In fact, over in 1 Samuel chapter 30, David finds himself in terrible, soul-crushing distress. What's happened in this passage is he's taken his small band of warriors and they're off fighting a battle. While they are off fighting a battle, another enemy comes into the town where their wives and children are. They burn the town and they kidnap all of the girls, the ladies, the boys, all of their families are taken away. And so David and his men come back to find their city is burned and their most precious possessions, their families, have been kidnapped. And they begin wailing. All these men of battle begin crying. And they're so upset, they're wanting to stone David. David has no one to lean on, no one to comfort him, no one to encourage him. There is nobody giving a pep talk to David. So what does David do? Man, I love this. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6 says that David strengthened himself in the Lord. David strengthened himself in the Lord. One translation says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. Now, guys, you, you kind of look a little baffled this morning, maybe somewhat confused right now. That's a great technique for us to learn. If you don't get anything else out of this message, you need to learn what David did and you need to start doing it yourself. You need to learn to encourage yourself or strengthen yourself in the Lord. Why? Because sometimes there's nobody around to uplift you or encourage you. Sometimes we have no one on whom we can lean. What do we do in times like that? Well, we need to learn to encourage ourselves in the Lord. We need to learn to give ourselves a little pep talk to talk ourselves out of depression and despair. I say, well, how in the world do you do that? I think that's a pretty good topic for a book. You could probably sell a million copies just like that. Or a talk show, huh? I mean, how do you do that? Well, the answer is given in Psalms 103. Literally, that's what this psalm is about. It teaches us how to do that. The psalmist is talking to himself, telling himself the truth. He's speaking facts about the blessings and the benefits found in his God. You might say that Psalm 103 is true biblical positive thinking. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. So I've got to ask you, when was the last time you just set yourself down and gave yourself a good talking to hmm? and said to yourself self you've been down in the dumps way too long you've been fretting and fearful and faint-hearted it's time to shake it off it's time to put that frown off and to cheer up and remember God's blessing to you don't forget all of his benefits he's given to you have you forgotten his divine presence have you overlooked all of his promises God is good to you bless the Lord O my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name bless the Lord O my soul and do not forget all of his benefits there's the key we can bless the Lord and praise the Lord and be thankful because of all the good things he's done for us. All of the benefits he's given to us. And, and David is not just going to speak these benefits. He's going to visually show us what he's talking about. He's going to take us on a little tour. I'll call it the blessings tour. What, what is the first stop on the blessings tour? Well, it's to the courthouse. When was the last time you stopped by the courthouse? 
maybe gone in the courthouse. Some of you were there not long ago probably for something you didn't want to be there for, but anyway, we're going to go to the courthouse. And it's at the courthouse that we can remind ourselves that we have been declared not guilty by the one who sits on the throne of the universe. He's declared us not guilty. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives you of all your iniquities. He forgives you of all your sins. If you come to Jesus in repentance and ask Jesus to forgive you, he will forgive you of all of your iniquities, not just some of them, but all of them. And he doesn't just forgive you, he forgets it. Unlike the rest of us. We, we may say, oh, I forgive you, but you know what? We hang on to it, don't we? We use it for ammunition later for the next battle, don't we? Not God. Not God. He cast it into the sea of forgetfulness, never to remember it again. In fact, later in this same chapter, Psalms 103, in verses 11 and 12, the psalmist uses this graphic comparison to underscore God's forgiveness. What does he say? For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. <laughs> Amen. In other words, God's love and forgiveness is as vast and as infinite as the universe in which we live. Who can imagine the size of our universe? Who can tell how high the heavens are above us? Who can measure the distance between the east and the west? That, my friends, is how great his forgiveness is. And that forgiveness is powerful enough to change your life, to set you free. Not guilty, it's forgiven. This past week I read a story about Ronnie Byers. He, he had grown up as an indulgent child. As a teenager, he became self-centered and oblivious to the needs of others. It was just all about him. Somehow or another, he married a beautiful young lady, fathered two children, bought a nice house, and purchased the, the uh, most expensive bass boat in Kentucky at the time. I don't know how they knew that, but he, he did. He soon wanted to just flee from all of his responsibilities, and, and he did. He told his wife he didn't love her anymore, told her he didn't want to be around those kids anymore, and he packed his suitcase and moved out of the house, went to a hotel room. When he went into the hotel room, he threw his bag on the bed and looked on the nightstand, and there was an open Gideon Bible. He just closed it, went about his way. The next day, he came back into the room after breakfast, and you know what? That Bible was open again. This time, he closed it and put it on the bottom shelf. The next day, it was open again. It was taking Ronnie off, and so he closed the Bible and stuck it between the mattress and the box spring. But the next morning, when he went back into the room, there it was, open on the nightstand. He was really getting mad at this point, so he closed it, went over to the chest of drawers under the TV, opened the drawer, and put that Bible between his socks and underwear. Now, I, I don't know what kind of cleaning lady he, he had, but the next day, there it was again, <laughs> right there on the nightstand, opened. Here's what he didn't know. His wife... And four of her friends had been praying every morning that every time Ronnie saw a Bible, he would be convicted. Whether he read it or not, just if he saw a Bible, that he would be convicted. Well, a few days went on and Ronnie really became miserable and decided he was going to kill himself. And so while lying in that motel room bed, he reached over to the nightstand where his 38 caliber snub-nosed revolver was but as he pulled it out of the drawer, there that cotton-picking Bible was, 
open, looking at him right in his eyes. And it happened to be open to Psalms 103. And this time he looked at the words, verses 11 and 12, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Later, Ronnie said, God spoke to my heart through that verse, and I repented of my sins, and Jesus saved my soul. He was restored to his wife and children and eventually became a minister of the very gospel that he tried to bury beneath his underwear. So can I tell you something? The next time you're feeling a little down and dejected and depressed, you need to walk by the courthouse. Maybe just take a drive downtown and drive by the courthouse and remember that the God of the universe who sits on the throne of all mankind has declared you not guilty. He has forgiven you of all your iniquities, thrown them into the sea of forgetfulness. They are as far as the east is from the west, and he's not going to throw it back in your face again because he's forgiven and forgotten. Okay? Well, that's a start right there. That's helping some of you. That's good. After taking us to the courthouse, the Lord trots us on over to the hospital and reminds us that God not only forgives our sins, he heals our diseases. Look at this passage. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. How does God heal all of our diseases? Well, I cannot accept the assertion of some that it is always God's will to always heal all of our diseases in this life. For that runs counter to the overall teachings of Scripture and to the actual experience of every Christian who has ever lived. Let me, let me put it like this. If God always healed all of our physical diseases of all the people in this world, none of us would ever die. Now, I do believe that God can and often does give us healing in answer to prayer. And I can take you to people in our own congregation who were sick or had an affliction, and we anointed them with oil, and we prayed over them in the name of the Lord, and God did heal them. God can do that. But even Paul himself, the great apostle, was not healed of his disease. Remember that? He called it a thorn in the flesh. We don't know exactly what it was, but he prayed three times that God would deliver him from his thorn in the flesh, but God never did. And instead, God said, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. What of Paul now? Well, if we had a heavenly telescope and we could look up into heaven and see the city of God, the new Jerusalem, we would see the Apostle Paul healthy and happy and disease-free. How can that be? Well, it's because there are no thorns in the flesh in heaven. I like to say this at funeral services. There's no cancer in heaven. There's no heart disease in heaven. There's no high blood pressure in heaven. There's no nursing homes in heaven. There, there are no hospitals in heaven. There are no rehabilitation centers in heaven. There are no bad shoulders and bad knees in heaven. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? And God will either heal us in this life or ultimately he will heal us through the process of death. But in either case, the Bible declares by his stripes, we have been healed. Woo, man. So if you don't have anything else to be thankful for, you can be thankful for this. Ultimately, Jesus is going to heal us. And when you're aching and hurting and depressed about it, just drive by one of our hospitals and remember, ain't no hospitals in heaven. Third, when we're down and out, the Lord wants to remind us of something else. Not only does he 
walk with us beside the courthouse and to the hospital. He also takes us to the slave market. And he shows us that we have been purchased from a cruel master and we have been set free. Here's the word, I love this word, we have been redeemed. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all of your sins, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. Say pit with me on three. One, two, three. He redeems your life from the pit. What in the world is he talking about? Well, these are ancient days, and, and there were slaves, sometimes owned by cruel masters, who would take their slaves and throw them into a hole in the ground, a pit. And most of the time, there was, there was a brackish mud in that pit, and the slave would sink into the mud, to their knees, to their waist, even to their neck. The holes were then sealed shut, and there that slave was, hungry and helpless, left in darkness, rats running around to the tears of blackness for sometimes hours or even days. And what David is doing is giving us a, a picture. i got to do it again, Angie. Last time I did this, months ago, Angie got on to me. I'm, I'm taking a picture. Angie says, they have no idea what you're talking about. We don't take pictures like that anymore. You pull out the cell phone and do it, all right? Help make me not feel so bad taking a picture. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. David gives us a picture here of the eternal condition that the devil, Satan, desires for you. He is the cruel taskmaster. He has placed us in this pit Ultimately, that pit is going to be hell. But Jesus Christ saw you and me when we were enslaved by this cruel master. And he has purchased us with his own blood. We are redeemed from the prince of darkness and from the pit of destruction. By his grace, he reaches down and pulls us out of that mire and sets our feet on a solid rock. Praise God, I'm free, I'm delivered, I'm redeemed. Wow, where do we go from there? Well, we go from the pit to the palace, to the very throne room of grace. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all your sin, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, and crowns you with love and compassion. One translation says, with loving kindness and tender mercies. From the pit to the palace, from mud and mire and muck to a crown on our heads. You know, graphically, Jason, what I think of is that prodigal son. He went off to the foreign country and wasted all of his own inheritance on wild living, been living with the pigs, wallering in the mire, and when he decides to come home, his daddy sees him a long way off, calls for the fatted calf to be killed, puts a brand new robe on his back, shoes on his feet, and a ring on his finger. God crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. Perhaps the single most expensive crown in the world is the one worn by, who was worn by, the Queen of England. It is covered with 3,733 jewels, 2,000 of them are diamonds, over 200 pearls, 17 sapphires, 11 emeralds, and 5 rubies. But I'm here to tell you, when you and I come to the Lord Jesus Christ, He crowns us with something infinitely more valuable. He crowns us with his loving kindness and his tender mercy. He wore a crown of thorns so that you can wear a crown of glory. Wow, man. The Lord wants us to bless him, to thank him, to praise him with all that is within us. He wants us to forget none of his benefits. So what does he do? He takes us by the courthouse 
and reminds us that we have been forgiven. He trots us on over to the hospital and reminds us we are healed. He walks us by the slave block and reminds us that we have been redeemed. He takes us into the throne room and reminds us that we have been crowned with love and compassion. And then he takes us to the banquet hall and reminds us that he and he alone meets all of our needs. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, and here it is, number five, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. One translation says, he satisfies all your desires, which really implies we have certain needs in our life, don't we? I mean, everybody in this room has some kind of need in your life right now. You might have a financial need or a physical need or a relational need. Maybe, maybe it's something deeper than that. You need today inner peace. You came here today needing guidance. You need inner healing. Maybe you need strength. Here's the deal. When we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all of these other things, all of these other needs will be added to us. When we as the people of God make him our shepherd, we shall want for nothing. When we delight ourselves in the Lord, he will give us the very desires of our heart. Church, listen to me. Psalms 103 verse 5 says, He satisfies our desires with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. And no, he's not talking about the football team or the old rock and roll music group. He's talking about bald eagles. So that your youth is renewed like eagles. Do you ever need a little bit of that? Do you ever need your life to be renewed, maybe reinvigorated? There, there were some young couples of our church that got together last night, and I, I was sent a picture of it. 16, 16 kids were in this room together, 16 kids, all under the age of seven. You know what I thought? I sure am glad I'm not in that room right now. <laughs> Don't you know it was high energy with all those little kids? Have you ever seen a little kid just buzzing around, flying around, doing all kinds of crazy stuff, going like crazy, and think to yourself, man, I wish I had a little bit of that energy. <laughs> Come on, man. I need a little bit of it right now just to finish this sermon, you know? I need, I need something. And here the Lord says, you bless me, you praise me, you give me thanks, and I'll give you everything you need in life, and I will renew your strength like an eagle. See, I can't even raise this one up over here. Be an eagle, man. Soaring high like an eagle. Really? I'm going to show you one last thing. This is pretty cool. If you go back one psalm to the previous psalm, 102, here the psalmist is pessimistic. He's, he's afflicted. He's troubled. He's, he's, he's down. He's depressed. How do we know that? Just listen to what he said, Psalm 102. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Let my cry for help come to you. Do not hide your face from where I am in distress, for my days vanish like the smoke. My heart is blighted and withered like grass. I forget to eat my food. Dude, let me tell you, it's got to be bad. <laughs> it's got to be bad for you to forget to eat your food, but that's how bad he was. Because of my loud groaning, I am reduced to skin and bones. I am like a desert owl. Like a desert owl alone 
in the ruins. In his troubled and pessimistic state, what kind of bird did the psalmist relate to? He was a brooding, lonely, ponderous, old desert owl. Sad, silent, and miserable. <sighs> There's the call right there. <laughs> Perfect timing. But just one chapter over. In Psalms 103, when he remembers to praise the Lord... When he remembers to bless the Lord, when he remembers to praise God with all of his heart from top to toe, what kind of bird is he? When he talks to himself and reminds himself of God's blessings and benefits toward him, what does he feel like? When he strolls by the courthouse, the hospital, the auction block, the palace, and the banqueting hall, what kind of bird is he identifying with? An eagle. Strong. Majestic, soaring high. And perhaps it was this very verse that the prophet Isaiah thought of when he wrote 300 years later, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So, the next time you're needing a little pep talk, the next time that you're down and out and about to throw in the towel and there's no one around you to encourage you or give you a pep talk, you need to learn how to strengthen yourself in the Lord. You need to do what David did. Encourage yourself in the Lord. You just need to stop, sit down, and say out loud, so not only you can hear it, the devil can hear it as well. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. And then just start naming them. All the things God has done for you, he's forgiven you, he's redeemed you, he's in the process of healing you, he's giving you loving kindness and tender mercy. He has given you every good thing you have and right now, he is renewing your strength, making you into the person he wants you to be, an eagle. So you know what I think we need to do? I think we just need to learn to start this week right. We need to give thanks to the Lord. We need today to bless the Lord with all of our soul. Can't think of a better place or time to do that than right now, right here at these altars. If you're here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, you're kind of like this guy I talked about, Ronnie Byers, who needed the Lord. Today, come and receive that gift of salvation. He will change your life completely, give you something to be thankful for. And then for the rest of us who have been forgiven, who are redeemed, who are in the process of being healed, who face every day God's loving kindness and tender mercy, who just look around us and see all the good gifts God has given to us. Let's come down here and say thank you today. Let's be grateful today and this week for all the blessings he's given to us. Heavenly Father, help us to respond physically today. Help us to get up from where we are and come down to these altars and present to you this offering of thanksgiving. Help us to come to the altar and bless the Lord, oh, with all of our soul. Help us to give thanks for all the benefits that you have given to us. Help us to truly be thankful people. Dear Lord, I thank you. I thank you for my church, my family. I thank you for salvation, for the calling you placed on my life. I thank you, dear Lord, for moments like this. And for passages like Psalms 103 that reminds us of who you are and who we are and how we need to be worshiping and praising your name. Help us to freely and verbally give you that praise today. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with heads bowed and eyes closed? But as soon as you stand up, come on and join these who are already at the altar. Let's give some thanks to the Lord today. Come and bless the Lord with all your soul.
Lord, we do need you, but we also want to thank you, Lord, because we know you're with us. You've saved us. You've redeemed us. You've set us free. You're in the process of healing us and restoring us and making us whole. Lord, you fill our heart with tender mercy and compassion. Lord, you give us the desires of our hearts. Thank you, dear Jesus, for your love. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for our church family. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for loving each one of us and help us to live a life worthy of the calling you've given to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So let's be thankful this whole week, right? Can you? Tell Miss Angie before you leave today, tell Miss Angie it's going to be okay because we're going to be thankful. I do have a Thanksgiving card, a thankful card to my church family. Life is good, especially when you have a church family that is in constant prayer for each other. I know that through your sustained prayers for me during my surgery, that it was precise and well done by all the medical staff who were involved. Thank you, Kavanaugh Church, for your thoughts, calls, texts, and most importantly, your prayers for me and Don while I was out. With grateful hearts, David and Don Watts. Good to have you back, my brother. We love you, man. Love you so much. When you walk out the doors today, make sure you drop your offering in one of those black boxes. Also, Adopt a Missionary Kid is going full force. This year, we've adopted half of our church planters in North America who are all over the United States starting Free Will Baptist churches. There's so many church planters, we had, to, we had to divide it in half. We're doing half this year, half next year. We've adopted half of the kids this year. I think there's 48, 46 kids, and we're going to provide Christmas for them. Uh, there are several of those home missionaries who are going to be with us on December the 11th. Others are who are going to be here December 18th, and we get to spoil their kids in person. Uh, the rest we will be sending money to so they can buy presents for their kids. But it's all provided by you. And so let me encourage you to just give generously. Uh, the estimated cost is about $350 per kid. So if you want to adopt a missionary, home missionary kid, just write out a check for $350, drop it in one of those black boxes and put A-A-M, adopt a missionary, little K, kid, all right? You with me? And also, if you want to help out one of those weekends, the 11th or 18th, you can sign up on one of the iPads out there. Brother Johnny would appreciate it. I forgot to do this first service, and, and those people, don't you feel sorry for them? They're going to be lost this week because I did not make this announcement to them. Tuesday night, this Tuesday night, we're having our Thanksgiving communion service. So we're not going to meet Wednesday night. We're going to meet Tuesday night of this week. It's kind of a tradition here at Kavanaugh. And we're going to take the Lord's Supper communion. It's called a Thanksgiving communion. So you're in the know. If you know somebody who attends the first service, give them a call or text them. Remind them not to show up Wednesday because we won't be here. It's going to be Tuesday, all right? We need you to sign up for We Worship, don't we, guys? Uh, we Worship sign-up is going on for next year, 2023. And guys, let me tell you, you, you shouldn't, this is a no-brainer. You don't even need to think about this. You don't have to go home and pray about it. Just sign up. I mean, we need your help. Our kids need your help. Just one Sunday, what is it, one Sunday a quarter? Is that what we're asking for? You can do that. If you want to do it more, you can. But it's a, it's a great ministry. We certainly need your help. I'm telling people on Wednesday night, if you can, can you raise your hand this high? That's all you got to do is raise your hand. Can you do that? Let me see it. Can you do that? Come on. Can you raise your hand that high? Okay. Can you, can you just kind of bend over? The, you don't have to do this right now. Just tell me. Can you bend over that far? Come on. Tell me. Can you do that? Tell me. Can you do that? Can you shout as loud as you can? Help! You can sign up for We Worship. That's all that is required, those things right there, all right? 
Isn't that awesome? What motivation right there. Guys, we really do need, need your help desperately. These are precious kids. And I always like to say, if you want to find out some goosey job, I can't even say it right now, some juicy gossip about families in the church, just take care of We Worship a week. They're, those kids will tell you anything, man. Oh, this is going downhill. <laughs> ladies, we're going to have a special Christmas ladies Bible study. You can sign up for that. Also, December 4th, Randall University is going to be here. Uh, both services, New Life is going to be singing. President Bob Thompson is going to preach first service. Brother Mason, the guy who really runs the college, is going to speak second service. So you know what? You can come both services. The praise team is going to do different songs. New Life sing different songs. It's going to be an awesome, great day. All right. One more thing. We're closing down the church office Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So if you really need something, come up here Monday and Tuesday. We're going to shut her down. But if you really need something, Wednesday, Thursday, call Jason. No, really, you can call any of us because we're all going to be in town, but uh, we are going to shut the office down, all right? For Thanksgiving. Because we're thankful. Y'all do know I had a friend who got fired from his church because his announcements were unspiritual. So uh, there's food for thought right there. Hey, I love you. I hope you have a great week. Let's bless the Lord with all of our soul. Get out of here.